After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. Welcome to Mind Rolling, and I'm Raghu Marcus, and my good, good buddy on the other side of the East Coast is... David Silver. Hi. Hi. So we have, uh, we did, uh, David was here a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were fortunate enough to corral Ramdas uh, into doing a podcast with us, and uh, he happened, to, or visiting him, just happened to be... Uh, was uh, Rameshwar Das, who we call Ramesh for short, and he is the co-author, uh, wrote with Ram Das, Be Loved Now, and they are working on a new book. Not working. They finished it, Dave. Oh, they did? Yeah, yeah. And it's called Polishing the Mirror, A Way to Live from the Spiritual Heart. So this this will be a, our manual here, that because we talk so much about how to get along day to day, and certainly why we bring up Ramdas so much is because of his way of articulating how to get along day to day and how to uh, be mindful and look at what's going on uh, in your life and relating it to a uh, a real progression of uh, everything that comes your way is. Uh, is an opportunity to transform ourselves day to day. That was long-winded, but Dave, tell no, me no, what no, you... It's, it's, it's true. true no? no, no, that's true. That's exactly true. I mean, he's always been, as, a, as, as high a being as he is, he's always been very pragmatic in the way he describes how to get into the present and how to find peace in your heart, you know? Mm -hmm. and But he's never, never, in my experience, in all the years that... We've been aware of him and have known him. He's never been an airy-fairy type of human. He'll tell you it as it is, and yeah. it helps. It's been so helpful to so many of us, really. And he's still doing it. I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, because uh, I just I listened to the interview that we did, and uh, we talked to him about um, telling the truth, and, and he talked about little white lies that we all tell all the time that we need to take a look at and he and he he used himself as he's always done as an example for uh, little white lies and and I won't get into it now but you know I tried to identify with that but I've never told a lie really I no I'm try I try all the time but it I just am such a truth teller <laughs> I have not known this about you and now I am just shocked and awed by your <laughs> honesty <laughs> <laughs> you lying fool. That's um, correct. <clears throat> anyhow, it, it is. We do do this stuff all day long. We don't know what we're doing. So uh, it's really um, a great interview. It's not an interview. It's just a hangout. We're hanging out with the two of them actually, and yep. bringing up a few different things. Uh, uh, so this goes back for David and I to be serious for a moment. Um, Forty years or so more or less for each of us. Yeah. And it's it 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 is such a it has been a rudder in our lives. It has been the it's been the glue. I don't mean Ramdas the personality. I mean what that represents, what we got when he first came back from India and that how that has affected us uh, since then because we have followed onto a path that he enunciated basically. And so this means a lot to us, and I'm I'm really happy that uh, that we were able to hang out with him a, a little bit. 
and um, David, I uh, want to introduce you to a wonderful fact. Oh, I can't wait. The Mind Rolling Podcast Store is ah, open. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> did you get your T-shirt? Yes, I did give you a T-shirt. Are you wearing it? No, I did not get a T-shirt. That's not true. There's it's a lie not? right there. Right oh, there. Jesus. Oh, God. Um, I got a mug. I got a mug, though. You got a I, mug. I, no, I managed to absconded with it from your office. Well, David came up with Mug Your Mind as you because know, we were trying to think, what the hell is this mind rolling all about? And he thought of Mug Your Mind, and uh, boy, great little catchphrase. My friend, Mr. Silver. Came to me in a blinding flash of light. Yeah, I bet. Yes. I bet. Uh, so uh, the store is open, everybody, folks. It's another way to support us. Uh, we've got a couple of, uh, so we've got, you know, our pretty nice logo. If you've seen mindrollingpodcast.com on the web, uh, you've seen our, um, our, the actual logo of mind rolling. And so we've got that. And we've also got the mug your minds. We've got a couple of different, uh, t-shirt colors. So let's, um, you know, I'd love to share. Anybody's got ideas about what else we could carry that people would like? I mean, we're thinking of a, of a what was that? A balance kit. Is that what we're going to call it? We're thinking of a kit where we would provide, you know, uh, little little doodads to keep yourself straight all day from a little uh, mala, which is a ro- little rosary from India, uh, beads, and uh, a little bit of music to keep you, maybe some chanting, a little uh, meditation thing. We can get... I bet we can get one of Ramdas's meditations and put it on a little, a little thumb drive or something. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, at this point it's still sort of fantasy, but we, but the t-shirts and the mugs are there. Yeah. Okay, so if sorry. if you if you buy those, we'll have we'll be able to do the R and D to put together the balance kit. Okay, now, got right. it. All right, enough said about that. So okay. uh, and enough said about everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at this point. We want to just go ahead and play this hangout that we did with Ramdas and Ramesh from Mind Rolling Podcast. Hi, Ramdas. Hi, Ramesh. Hi, Raghu and David. Hi, good afternoon. So, let's see. We got a few things that we want to talk about, and... Um, we had uh, we found this thing, Ramdas, uh, many years ago. David and I interviewed you about honesty, and we had this whole. But it went way further than just talking about honesty. And we have uh, this uh, gigantic manuscript that got transcribed, which has fabulous stuff in it, in it that uh, we wanted to talk about. Now, uh, in uh, an early lecture, you talked, Ramdas, you talked about the moment that you met Maharaji. In those moments, the obvious, the, the, once he said in spleen in English, you, that was a transformational moment and your mind stopped, etc., etc. And uh, once that happened, uh, you were, you know, you went off to KK's. You, you know, you were shown Indian family life. You were, you were given a teacher. You just, you didn't think twice about any of it. You just surrendered to the to the process, is what you said. And it wasn't something that you decided to do because we we've been talking a little bit about um, obviously what that word is. David and I have been sort of bantering back and forth about it. So. What, that moment that was the critical moment uh, that uh, it, one c- could say that it was like th- there was no turning back. In fact, in the interview, David, what is it that you said? I asked you, Ramdas, where's the old guy? Now, I don't mean old in age, but the guy that was there before, uh, before you met Maharaji. And you said, he's not here anymore. He's gone. And uh, has been gone since that moment, and um, so maybe you could talk a little bit about that moment. Yeah. That moment, yes. As I've come to understand the um, 
the critical moment was Maharaji um, looking at me with unconditional love. And that really, but, but uh, that interview must have been when I was, I was impressed with the miracles. Usually when I talk about the, um, that, that interview, I talk about the Land Rover and, uh, and my dis, uh, uh, I didn't trust Maharaji and, and, um, I was a Buddhist and a Westerner and I was not going to give in as, as KK said, I had my hands in my pockets. Right. <laughs> and um, That was the, the. Well, was the unconditional love what dissolved that uh, old personality? It's not in one moment, but that was the beginning of that letting go of that. Now I think that what didn't I didn't I didn't at the moment. Feel that the moment just it must have been immersion and yeah it love. Was, it was, the whole interview was mind shattering it was the the miracles and the love but. Uh, the the um, the previous uh, previous um, Richard Albert because that was a time of Richard Albert, not Ramdas. Was um, was paranoid and uh, not feeling lovable. Would it be reasonable to say, Ramdas, that even an epiphany like that, that blast of unconditional love, still took a lifetime to incorporate truly, authentically into your awareness? Yeah, when I saw that I was staying in India so long, and when I recalled that, I I said that the only thing the that was I was I'm home, and I home was my heart. Home was with the heart, and I can't imagine that I would have. My previous one, previous personality, would have been able to stay at KK's and mm. and stay in the 
stay at the temple. But going back to that moment when you experienced that and was, uh, you know, a moment of opening and uh, letting go in the extreme, Maharaji really used that uh, primal love in your uh, development, your mother, as the, the like a pry bar to uh, open you up. Well, and it was almost like that love he built on that with his love. Thing. The, the the night before that I thought about my mother. That was the first time I I thought about my mother. What uh, in spiritual terms? Hmm. Uh, and I did that on my, on my own, but and it was interesting because he picked up that that spiritual link, and because I never would have, never, never think about my mother. Uh, and of course, because she died, the spleen, he sort of split together, split, split my, um, my self, my self-esteem because I was a psychologist and I was a professor and I, all that stuff. And, Yet he had done stuff I didn't even understand. Like I was a, a little boy uh, once again. So and, the professor mind was blown out of the water. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We have the moment, that moment, and yours was an extreme moment. I mean, there was just an extreme moment of transformation. And um, so I, I think of that as, you know, it was, you were implanted, uh, the heart got implanted by Maharaji, and that powerful moment, there was no turning back. You could not, and you said that in this particular talk, there was no turning back to being Richard Alpert, to, to former personality, although all that personality was there, I guess one could say that there was no more uh, identifying uh, uh, with that former personality. So we we kind of just played with this word, you were implanted then. And I was thinking about myself when I first heard that talk that was sent to the radio station where I was, uh, uh, when they were trying to get me to promote you uh, speaking at McGill University all those years ago. And for that matter, Ramesh, I know when you were at Wesleyan and Ramdas came and you had no expectations except for, you know, a talk about psychedelics or something. Mm. When I heard those words, and you can tell me if, if you feel the same way, but when I heard those words, I was entirely convinced in that moment I, f I was implanted in, I guess it's a trust, and then we talked about trust, faith. Some little kernel of faith came into me by hearing these words, the tone, the vibration, where this was coming from, which I did not know at the time. From that moment on, there was, that was more powerful, I mean, not more powerful, but that was more elemental to me than when I actually got to Kenshi and met Maharaji. And as soon as he walked out the door, my first thought was, oh, that's what Ram Dass was about. I mean, I knew, then I connected. Did you have that experience in seeing him that first time in Wesley? Well, I think I, I, I did. And, and, uh, but although I think uh, uh, implant isn't the way I would describe it at all, I think that uh, it was more of a, a change in... Uh, point of view to perspective, seeing things from where yeah. Maharaji was. Yeah. 
and and that uh, when I got to Kenshi, I had that same experience, and I realized at that moment that he had come through Ramdas, and that that was the same uh, darshan at Wesleyan that I had when I got to Kenshi. Right. And, and that interview was was what I uh, I said. I was bringing a jewel back from India, mm-hmm. and that was the jewel. It was the, the, the. It was, it was his unbelievable, presence. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Well, what uh, we are, what we've been taught, you know, taking this further, and some of this is related with the kinds of feedback that we've been getting with the podcasts uh, from people who are, you know, talking to us about uh, how to navigate their day-to-day lives. Do they need to get to India to meet somebody like this? You know, all of these kinds of, you know, important questions, especially for this new generation. So we, we started then talking about I mean, we had this extreme example, yours, Ramdas, being the most extreme, where that moment was, you know, just an incredible pivot, to, as you say, to another perspective. Um, and that's what, you know, I guess we're meaning by calling it, an Im- you were implanted then, and just, uh, that, that's a term, you know, uh, a new generation can get, you know, really strongly about what that is. Um, but... Uh, those we know tons of people that um, that had that moment without that entirely big dramatic uh, experience uh, that that you had, and then following that, uh, what we had with you, and then of of course going over there ourselves. Um, what just say a little something about how people can have that. Uh, change in perspective, hap- that moment, that moment can happen without being, obviously being with, with a, a physical uh, manifestation of it, and because we've seen it. How can it happen, Ramdas? Well, because how you and Ramesh and had it by, by heart to heart. I... I Translated a story, mm. uh, and and you fell for it. <laughs> <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker, as they say. <laughs> yes, to say the least, <laughs> we fell for it. All right, um, and, but I, and you didn't go to any place. We were, yes, no, you're saying yes, it happened in that moment, and we were absolutely, uh, we were where we were in that moment, and we didn't have to go anywhere, but... I, 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 uh, the uh, book, um, Autobiography Autobiography Yogi, lots of people uh, got, got it. Yeah. Through, through Autobiography Yogi. Yeah. I think maybe, uh, you know, uh, we can talk about it in the terms of Maharaji, but in the more uh, generic way, it's, it's coming into uh, the presence of love and being in that fully in that present moment and getting pulled out of your uh, pulled up, discursive pulled mind. Pulled out of your... Uh, your Your personality, mm-hmm. uh, your personality that that has been um, been raised in in um, uh, fear and anxiety and uh, unlovableness. Mm. But now it seems that. You know, that was then, 40 years ago. Now there's yoga yoga studios everywhere. There's, you know, new age books. And 
people in, of 25, 30, you know, have access to all of this. Uh, indirectly, maybe. But does that, does that give you a sense of evolution of a generation? That at that time, you know, all we knew was whatever we knew. For me, it was Meher Baba because the Who loved Meher Baba. And it That's was, funny. We're yeah, all, you know, Ramdas too, right? Right, Ramdas. That was your first glimpse was uh, of hearing of the Eastern. Yes, yes, yes. Mayor Bob, me too. Ah, that's. Funny. And others, of course. But then, when I went to Hilda Charlson's meditation, and you guys had come back and started talking about Maharaji, that was the first. Even though it wasn't direct for me, it was the first powerfully indirect thing, mm. you know. Because I remember Ramdas, you came back after his Mahasamadhi and talked to Hilda's class about your feelings uh, at that time. And that was the most powerful thing for me because I saw you weren't being sentimentalized, you weren't being, you know, sort of teary-eyed. You were very quiet, you were very matter-of-fact. You spoke about it as if it was a natural happening that now you guys would have to deal with. And the amount of it wasn't sentimental, but it was very, very passionately saddened. As I remember, you and Ramesh and KD and Raghu, and I observed this and was totally moved by it. I thought, my goodness, the amount of, of loss here, even though ultimately I suppose it isn't loss, I could feel it. I could feel it. But I go back to my original question is, now 25-year-olds are doing asanas and are, uh, you know, all of that, without uh, uh, an in-the-body guru. Is this a sign, a hopeful sign of, of generational evolution? Uh, I certainly think there is evolution uh, in... Um, in consciousness. I think the, the, the asanas uh, first of all the, they're body beautiful things and then then the teachers start to talk about uh, yoga the broader I think we we shouldn't um, we shouldn't underestimate the, the psychedelics and these these young people pot and acid and and uh, and DMT and some of these things they've had and they had drugs in their mind. I mean, not in their mind or in the mind. Well, that and a lot of their parents uh, <laughs> used them quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think the uh, accessibility of the toolkit for doing inner work is much greater. That seems pretty obvious. Mm, yeah. Yes. The uh, meditation and stuff. Meditation and yoga and, uh, you know, however, whatever, sometimes people get into yoga on a very superficial level and it just carries them in because that's what yoga does. But um, I still think the uh, commitment to inner exploration, whether it's through psychedelics or yoga or meditation or whatever, is still, that's something that happens on a very individual basis and that transmission of the uh, heart is still pretty much one-to-one, -one, however much of a uh, cultural phenomenon and, you know, happening in bhakti fests and things is... <laughs> There's mainstream um, music. The, the musicians started their, their consciousness. For example, the Beatles, they produced 
changes in consciousness for their devotees. Mm. And the Grateful Dead created concerts which were communal events. Instead of being, you know, a proscenium march with a band and everybody clapping. Yeah. Remember Goddard at the Goddard Media Conference when the dead played and we were all there and I remember it so well that it was yep. not like a concert. It was an event, it was a, a love, sort of like an ocean of love right there in Vermont. And I wasn't even a fan of the dead, but I just remember that and we were all there. And it, that was 1969, was it? Uh, uh, 70. 1970, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I want to change gears a little bit here. Uh, some of what we're talking about, and when you all talk about yoga and the accessibility, Ramesh, you talked about it, the accessibility of the toolkit certainly lends itself to more people having access to finding that moment, the implant moment or whatever, you, you know, the, uh, we, the perspective implant. How about that? Uh, a new perspective, and then you know it, it. The world looks a lot different to you at that time. But we know. I mean, we're getting mail, and we're you know talking to people on Facebook and Twitter and all that. And and they are not necessarily into yoga, and they don't know much about meditation. They're mostly concerns that we're hearing are, um, you know, I'm caught up in in uh, identifying with the work that I do and I'm unhappy there or I am caught up in, in desire systems and doing or uh, negative uh, thoughts, emo how do I deal with that stuff? And, uh, you know, from a very practical level. And um, I just found something, Ramdas, this was, uh, I don't know, oh, it comes from this wonderful series uh, called the Listening Heart series. And, uh, uh, by the way, everybody who's listening uh, right now, uh, you can go to ramdas.org or write to info at ramdas.org and we can lead you to some of the source material of what we are talking about or mentioning here. And this is from the Listening Heart series. Um, so this, uh, we, this conversation, I don't know if you recall, because as Dave said, it's a long time ago and he doesn't remember anything. I do not. He doesn't remember last week. It's not true. Six years ago. It's not true. It's a lie. Um, so it was about uh, being honest with yourself. And I'll just read this little quote. There is a process of being very honest with yourself about what you need at any point along the way. Maharaji said to me many years ago, give up sex and money and you'll know God. Uh, thus far, I've given up neither of them, but it's only 25 years so far. The transmission's very slow. I mean, what does he really mean is the way I keep hearing it. So I think, you know, I've always considered this part, this, we got a lot of this directly from you when we first heard those first lectures about being, uh, the ability to be honest with yourself, not only in this case about what, what you need and what you need to hear at any point, but also about where you're at. And uh, can you talk more about that uh, honesty? And does it lead, is that the first precursor of uh, awareness? Well, <clears throat> Maharaji, when he said, Ramdas, um, tell the truth. And I, uh, I was, that, um, that uh, shocked me because, because I had been telling untruths or white lies um, and nobody ever noticed them because everybody else was doing them. <laughs> and because I was uh, uh, 
living a dual life in my sexual uh, activities uh, because there was uh, at that at that time um, uh, homosexuality was not a great thing and uh, and I was used to that I was used to used to used to these white lies and when he said speak through truth Ram does and love everybody I I couldn't understand how you were going to do that you probably not but I, I was he was making it a, an issue the issue of truth was our culture had it very much not focused about that, not focused on that. And I, after I, um, when I sp spoke my truths in lectures, I, I saw how many people came up and congratulated me mm. about my truth. And, but that, that, that was Maharaji. I think you're speaking truth in the way and sharing your uh, ups and downs in your spiritual path allowed a lot of other people to uh, be straight up with their own uh, truths and untruths also. I mean, they, that was, uh, it really lightened the load for other people to be able to be truthful with themselves. Very much so. Very the much other uh, you know, Maharaji really uh, worked with you on a number of levels. So there was that thing about Gandhi that he spoke to you about, uh, which was a lot about truth. And then the thing that you came to about Gandhi uh, saying that uh, there's absolute truth and uh, there's relative truth and the relative truth can change. Yeah. But uh, uh, the deeper truth is the one that uh, I guess we all keep uh, trying to uh, approach and bring forth. And that's also about honesty. I mean, it's, it's about uh, the uh, temporality of existence and... Uh, uh, it's the Buddhist truth of suffering and death and uh, all those levels. But I'm talk I I th I want to bring it down to because it it I think exactly what you said, which we got uh, in those initial talks that, that you gave Ramdas, was your uh, ability to confront your own truths about where you were at and desire systems and attachments and so on and so forth. Uh, disturbing emotions, all of it, as Ramesh, as you said, that gave us a chance to look at our own stuff without fear, without so much fear. Um, you know, and of course there was that love quotient which allowed us to have some kind of ease with which uh, to do that. And, and you know, so Ramdas, is this ability to, of self-honesty, is, how does that relate to the big awareness, mindfulness, that seems to be necessary on a day-to-day -day basis in order to, you know, get on with being free. 
Well, <clears throat> when when you lie, you uh, you um, uh, that it leaves uh, leaves uh, stuff in your mind leaves trash in your mind. Certainly increases your own separateness. Yeah, increases you. That's right. And and you gotta remember who you lied to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you're that's the right in separateness. Mm. Right or delusion, and, yeah. Both, and uh, I think because of my uh, homosexuality uh, becoming in the closet, I was so um, I, I, I was so aware of who I was lying to and who I was uh, mm, right. and then the, the drug, the, uh, uh, the psychedelics, um, uh, I was, uh, I was playing, playing, games with psychedelics, those things force me to confront that, that, that lying was corroding me, mm. corroding me. And I started to see people, they came up and said, how I was truthful. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> well, no, by then I was truthful. <laughs> yeah. That uh, combination of uh, love and truth that Maharaji uh, laid on us, and much of it through Ramdas, the, the love really created the. Uh, uh, Opening the, you know, acceptance of everything and, and anything uh, that you, you know, could be that you felt bad about could still be in that love and you could uh, lay it out there. And it wouldn't be uh, uh, turned against you. I mean, the, the, the sexual and... Uh, psychedelic things of my past, Maharaji, uh, Maharaji accepted that in my, in, in me, and he loved me, and and that that was so unbelievable as. As Richard Alpert, really, those those lies had been ingrained in my behavior to 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 uh, to, uh, to exist and not never never that I could ever be loved for, for those things. Mm. God. Not, not only did he love you for it, but he uh, was pretty playful with you about some of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, the thing about uh, you gave him your best teachings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. That's a great line. Oh, boy. Talk about, yeah. Um, but I, th I just 
If we were to say anything to somebody uh, about, I mean, I know you talk, Ramdas, a lot about it, and we all talk with each other about how to deal with any reaction, either you realize that you've not been telling the truth, you realize you've been caught in in a negative fantasy, you, you've been caught in anger, whatever it is, the ability to love yourself through that, love that, as you, you have said so many times recently when you've talked about coming from the vantage point of spiritual heart rather than mind-ego, the methodology is to actually love rather than reject those disturbing emotions, thoughts, or whatever. Is that the beginning of awareness? Yeah. That's almost the purpose of awareness. The purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You know, uh, you know uh, I've got a new line uh, now. Uh-huh. When, I, when I find those no-nos in my uh, my mind, I I love them to death. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it reminds me of something. You said quite some time back uh, in another talk, uh, the neurosis that I have had when I first met Maharaji, that I have, that I still have them now. Not one of them has gone. This is before, This is some years ago. You, I'm sure yep. your vantage is different. But the interesting thing was, and I think this is really so important for for people to to have. You said that although they are still there, they've become like little schmoos. And so I am not buffeted or disturbed by them the way that I used to be. Yep. So uh, is that, uh, I think that's an act, I, when I look back on my own time, you know, uh, since my implant of a new perspective, David is shaking his head at me. Well, it sounds like a going. tooth thing. No. You know. I think you got to stop using this implant thing. It sounds <laughs> no. like... An alien invasion. Alien north it t- is. teeth. Yeah. It is exactly an alien, in, you know, invasion, because it's completely new. Anyhow, um, so it's an invasion of yourself into yourself. Yes. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I just think that uh, you know this. This conceptually, this is so important for people to be able to. To, to grasp, I think, you know, this, this particular t- teaching um, and, and everything we've been talking about here. I kind of want to, we're, we're uh, running out of time here a little bit because we promised not to take too much of your time. Um, I just want to talk about one other thing. Um, and Ram Dass, I've mentioned this to you, and I've done a, an, a podcast where I have talked about this. And it was uh, an experience with my father passing this past month and sitting uh, before he passed, sitting with him one day with a very uh, another uh, family member, greater family, satsang, and sitting in the room with him and got into a very deep place. And um, I, I, um, I only, as I started talking about it, I could only get a reference point from that place to when I was sitting with Maharaji in Kenshi and first or at any time, wherever, where where there was complete loss of time and space. You could any thoughts that came, you could just see them slowly evaporating over your head, so to speak. They you know, time really everything slowed down. And in this talk that I had picked up that you had done some years back, you talked about uh, you said something about being with dying people allows me to be on the edge of awakening. And that edge of awakening was hit me so powerfully that I realized that while I was talking about it in the podcast, the, uh, the complete transparency of those experiences, they were the same experiences, yet one was, you know, in this 
perspective with my father in a, a deep meditative space, and the other was sitting with Maharaji. Can you talk about that edge of a, awakening and how uh, what what it is, and how we could bring more of that into our lives without necessarily being with dying people or being with a realized being? Well, the the dying person, the that that relationship is in truth, mm. and because the dying is truthful, and you have to be truthful to be to be in that to be bedside, and when you have to. Truth in in relationships, uh, you will find those moments uh, will will force you into to the the truth of the one, and and um. When you uh, identify with your soul, it's the soul is is um, uh, infinite, hmm. and that infiniteness. Is gives you a uh, 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 purchase on looking at time and space because you we are we are time and space addicts. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting a taste of the infinite from the person going out. Yeah. And there, and then, 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 Maharaji is infinite, because hmm. that's where his consciousness is. And when we were in his space, in his vibrational space, we got that that at least an inkling of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. In, in your in your conversation with Roshi Joan Halifax, that I worked on recently, you spoke about it as being the soul watching the incarnation. Yeah. And therefore bringing about this dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. That that is the key, I think, in many ways, going back to what we were talking about uh, earlier, too, of how people can deal with their uh, negative stuff, their other stuff, their mind stuff. It's getting that uh, perspective. That's the change in perspective, is yeah. seeing it from the soul place. And that, the soul is what... Uh, as you're saying, you love yourself to death. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and that's what uh, releases that stuff. Because, uh, you know, if you push away the negative stuff, which we all do on occasion, it just reinforces it. Yeah. On occasion is fairly often, it seems to me. <laughs> <laughs> Habitually. <laughs> we have these bad habits, yes, we do, and uh, and that's what people are asking about. Yeah. Is you know where to put the brakes. You know, it, it's I I try this. I try. You know, there's too much of you know. You're coming from exactly the place that's reinforcing those. You know, the habitual habits when you're trying to do something. So it's a very delicate balance, is it not? Um, that awareness without judgment and so on and and what it does go for full circle back to the moment 
when you experience unconditional love in whichever way that you do, through, I guess, through a book, through someone else, through hearing uh, someone sing, uh, a kirtan, through a, a meditation, suddenly you're in the middle of, uh, you know, a course or something. So it can be anywhere that you do experience that transcendental moment of of uh, unconditional love. I guess that is the key, and that is uh, that thing which allows you to suddenly have your perspective completely shift, and therefore your life shifts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also it's just, you know, in a way, it's a strategic way of working with your stuff, because love, loving it is accepting it. Yeah. Which is the same thing that Maharaji did with us. I mean, he he certainly saw us for all of our uh, um, desires and uh, negative stuff that we were carrying our baggage well, we were carrying with us. Yeah, I I think he saw our souls, and I yeah. don't think we uh, we presented our egos but uh he that's uh, what wasn't what he was concentrating yeah. on <laughs> well the perfect uh, story is uh, you tell this story in fact the three of us happened to be there along with some other westerners it was uh, in kenshi by his office and ramdas you were saying you know we're so impure uh, you know you were just it was a de- just feeling depressed i mean we all felt this at one time or another because of the pure mirror and that reflection of how impure we are and he said you're not impure i let you peel potatoes in the back don't i you remember that moment <laughs> and that's seeing nothing but the soul no absolutely we're um, but uh, I guess more of the sharing that, that you're doing so much these days, Ramdas, that we are all doing wherever we can, is uh, reassuring people that this is all available without a dramatic incident, yeah. as, as yours was the most dramatic. And I think we need to keep emphasizing that because we see people who are absolutely coming to the path and... Um, understanding you know and working on themselves and and getting some awareness and uh and having that that desire overtake the other desires and the ha- and the habitual um, uh, mind stuff that we all get into so and and it can be anything like a podcast that right that turns you on exactly well, we've come to the end of it. We can actually, uh, well, we should just say thanks, Ramdas, and thanks, Rameshwar Das, and thank you, David, and thank yes, me. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for all of it, <laughs> for all of us. But uh, uh, hey, turn the camera back on so we can say uh, goodbye. Wow, that was really uh, a, a pretty wonderful um uh, Again, a hangout, I'd call it, because it got really... It's wonderful just to hang out with Ramdas, and in this case also with Ramesh, in a way that's that loose, and we can just uh, talk about one thing or another. Um, I think we talked about a lot of great things. Yeah, we did. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, talking about his early battles with being honest and open, uh, you know, that, that syndrome doesn't go away. People, everyone has that in all times. And he was so good about that and about lying. And, you know, he, he was great about uh, getting rid of the little schmooze. You know, yeah, I love that. love that. You know, I love that stuff. That's yeah. incredible. So we're so, we're so happy he, uh, he was there. And Ramesh Rodas was extremely informative, as always. And, you know, uh, just one last thing to say about this, uh, just so everybody knows, obviously at the end uh, of the hangout, shall we call it, uh, I talked to Ramdas about this experience I had with my father and his passing last month, uh, and uh, just something I experienced, which I found you know fascinating. The the where it's being in this state with with him, Ramdas called it the edge of awakening, and being when I was with Maharaji in India with Ramdas, um, that was the same situation. He explained that out so great. Didn't he? I mean, yeah. Around, uh, yeah. you know, um, because that thing 
what do you say represents infiniteness is was yeah. that the word yeah i think that was the word yeah great yeah. yeah so great so when you're with you know you're in that same place same thing with with birth would be the same you're in that edge of awakenings and and then you experience that infiniteness so is great. Yeah. Great, right. We're happy. Yeah, I, I just want to, before we end, I'd like to give a shout out to some of the people who've been really supporting this heavily and fabulous. Carol Asher and Shruti Asher Colbert, that uh, from, uh, we met them at the retreat and they're just always giving us great feedback. And mm. uh, many other, many other people too, but just wanted a special shout out to them. And, uh, you know, Thanks for supporting us. And everybody out there who's been listening, our, your feedback is essential and very interesting. So thank you. Mm, that's great. Great. And and thanks for supporting us. We are starting to see more people feeling like this is worth something so that they uh, you know, go to Amazon and uh, buy their stuff through our portal or go to Audible or now go to the store. Buy a T-shirt or a mug. And uh, again, we thank you. And we will see you next week on Mind Rolling Podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Arriva, arrivederci. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.